This one goes out to the conscious entrepreneurs here to make a difference in a big way. Welcome to the Heart, Soul, and Guts podcast. You've got the vision. You've heard the call. The world needs what you have to give, and you're ready to show up. Exactly how that's going to happen, that part's not so clear. Dreaming it and living it, two very different things. Deep breath, sister, you're in the right place. Amy Biondini is crazy about people and about business, and she's here to help you. It's time to get out of stuck and into action aligned with your soul. Are you ready? Here's Amy. Marjorie is a life coach, a writer, a holder of space for women's circles, a speaker and a group facilitator. She works with women who are wanting to create ease and flow as they build a life filled with purpose and playfulness. Marjorie, my love, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Why don't we jump right in and why don't you give me the highlights of your life? What's going on? What's your story? Well, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm celebrating a birthday this month, so I'm feeling quite reflective. And I grew up as the oldest of six children. Oh, wow. And we were all born within nine years. So my role as a helper started very early. And one thing that happened is I realized how much I loved helping people. And I think that was one reason why I decided to go into the career of nursing. So I became a nurse and was a nurse for over 35 years, worked in the hospital in critical care, worked in some management positions. And then I took a position in community nursing. So I worked, as we call it in Canada, public health nurse and loved that working from the perspective of health promotion, helping people stay healthy rather than just fixing sick people. So that whole idea of looking at how can I create conditions so people can have a healthy life has really been important to me for most of my career. I then moved into a position as a workshop leader and facilitator in leadership development and continued that in healthcare. And then it's almost five years ago that I call it graduated. I retired Mm -hmm. from my job in healthcare. So I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother of seven. I love learning about myself. And as I've already mentioned, helping others brings me a lot of joy. So when I retired or left my healthcare position, it's then that I got some coaching from a coach and moved into the world of coaching. And I can share more about that as we go on, if you like. I would indeed. How do you see the transition from nursing into coaching? Well, in some ways, it's a natural progression for me because I think even without knowing it, I was doing a lot of coaching for most of my career, Mm -hmm. especially when I worked in the area of community health, nursing, public health, when I would coach new parents and students on how to maintain, how to be healthy. Where the transition has been really interesting for me is moving from being an employee to being a business owner. Mm. So that's been the big shift. I think the actual content of what I do has been a very natural progression, almost seamless, because I've learned so much over the years and then I bring that to bear in my coaching business. It's the whole idea, though, of being my own boss that's been a huge shift for me. It is quite a mindset shift. It is. (laughs) So how have you navigated that part? It's a great question. I'm still in the middle of it. One of the things that I notice is that I've never had a boss that was as tough on me as I am on myself. (laughs) And so my big learning is to give myself days off 
to celebrate when I actually have successes and not just think, oh, that was okay, what's next? Because I tend to focus on the goals and what's not done rather than what is going well. Mm. So that's been a big shift. And then the other piece would be managing my time. Because when I worked as an employee, I had my regular shifts and then I'd have holidays, I'd have days off. I knew that I didn't have to be at work. So then I was able to choose my time for me or my family. And now those days off don't happen unless I create them and put them into my calendar. Audrey, I think you've hit on two things that I think are such a struggle for new entrepreneurs. It's noticing the milestones as we go along and taking time to celebrate them, but then actually having time to have a life outside of our business. Mm -hmm. Incredibly uh, difficult things to navigate. And it sounds like you're doing an amazing job. Well, you know, I'm learning. Yes, thank you. And I hear (laughs) that. I think I am doing an amazing job. I want to celebrate the breakthrough I had a couple of weekends ago. My husband and I, my husband is semi-retired. He's in love with golfing. He's where our life is great. And we recognized a couple of weeks ago that we were disconnected and we had a breakdown. We had a big fight. And then what happened is out of that breakdown, we realized that what was the reason for it is this lack of connection. And it was his perception, which was based on facts, as well as his own longing to spend more time with me. And he experienced me as not being available because I would say, yes, let's watch a movie, for example, and I'll just quickly check my Facebook or I'll quickly send this email. And then a half hour would go by and he'd say, well, where are you? I thought we were having an evening together. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. And so I recognized the need for me to block out times where I didn't look at my Facebook or didn't look at my laptop. It was actually out of sight. And this is my time now to be with him or whatever it is I'm doing, but it's not work. So this learning for me is quite fresh. And I'm noticing it's hard for me to receive your gift that you think I'm doing a good job of that because I'm really on a learning edge with this. I can I can see that and I hear that. but I, And I think also having the awareness around that is huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And giving yourself and those around you who you love the gift of presence is such an amazing gift. Hmm. And I think you're just Thank being you. aware of kind of that this is what's caused the disconnection and showing up fully in your life in different areas. Mm-hmm. It's really powerful. Mm. Thank you. I agree with you that I'm just thinking as you're talking that the awareness is the first step. And I think that's what had happened. I wasn't even aware how enmeshed I was. And so now that I have that awareness, now I have some choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Mm-hmm. And choice is just having a choice. It's so much more powerful. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. And a good learning for all of us, mm-hmm. because it is so easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of being a business owner. And as you said, when it's your business, you know, the boundaries aren't imposed on you. You have to define them for yourself. Mm-hmm. 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 And the work is never done, Amy. It's That's when I worked true. as a nurse, I put in my time in my shift and then I could hand over to another nurse and I'd go knowing that things were taken care of. I had done my bit. In this line of work as an entrepreneur and a business owner, I don't have anyone else really to hand off to. It's me. I'm on my own in the sense of it's my business. And so that just hit me now as we're talking that I think part of it is my fear that if I don't keep at it, things are going to get missed. I'll be tardy with deadlines. And so there's a way that I'm still learning about trusting that the time off actually is important and that things will wait. No one is going to die if I don't answer that email. Indeed. Which I think leads us really nicely into this whole concept of self-care and how Mm -hmm. self-care is not related to success. 
Kind of what's your view on that? I think self-care is crucial. It's one of the foundations to success. Mm-hmm. It's a non-negotiable. I love that. Yeah, Tell it's so important. And I think what has happened for me is recognizing what self-care really is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So self-care is a bit of a slippery term. I think yeah. that it can bring up visions of spa days, which <laughs> are great. It can bring up visions of beaches on Hawaii, beaches, you know, trips away. And then those things aren't always within my reach. And so then I tend to think, well, I can't do self-care then. So what I'm recognizing for myself is that self-care can be something, well, for me, what's really important, self-care is my morning ritual, for example. So when I get up in the morning, I have probably a half hour minimum where I do some meditating, some journaling, some reflecting, perhaps just sitting and watching my candle flicker. And that's my self-care, my way of starting the day. Or self-care might be scheduling time in for my walk in the woods so that I have time in nature. So I think self-care, that whole term for me is evolving and becoming much more tiny little actions that I can take. And the key is what brings me pleasure, what it is that I want to do, knowing that the metaphor of filling up my gas tank, I will have nothing to give others if I'm not refueling myself. Very, very true. Very, very true. And what just hit me as you were saying that, it sounds like for you that self-care is about creating space for you. Mm -hmm. That's a really good way to put it. And so there's a way that particularly when I was younger, had young children, was working full time, that sounded selfish because if I was making time for me, I made up a story that other people weren't being cared for or I was neglecting them. And so this is my big learning now at this time of my life with having more time for myself because my children no longer are needing me in the same way and learning to say no when they do need me for childcare for the grandchildren or whatever it is. If it is a time when I know that I need to rest or I have scheduled in some me time. Mm-hmm. I think that can be really, really hard is to say no when what's in your calendar is space for you and you need that me time. It can be really hard to say no because I think mm-hmm. culturally, can feel very selfish. Mm-hmm. Where it's not at all because we need it. Like you said, we need to refill our own gas tank. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a learning, I think. Well, and for myself, I'm very aware of the legacy that I want to leave. Mm. I have lived a longer life than a lot of the women that I work with in the coaching business. And so I'm aware that I'm being watched by my family, by my grandchildren, by my friends. And I want to model a way of being that where actions actually speak louder than words. And so I believe that As hard as it is, and I had this experience just recently where my daughter wanted me to watch her little boy for an hour, and I was in the middle of preparing for a talk I was giving, and I just said, you know, I'm not wanting to give up this time. I'm in the flow here. I'm sorry. I can't help you out. And she was fine with it. It was me that had to really coach myself through that and remind myself what I was doing. And I think I was modeling to her that she now, too, can ask for help from her husband, her partner. She can say she needs time for herself as the mother of young children absolutely mm-hmm. and that's such a powerful position for you to be in because it's really mm-hmm. then empowering her I think so I think so even though in the moment it was really hard like you said yeah. it would have been so much easier just to say sure I'll come over for an hour mm-hmm. tell me more about the legacy you want to leave oh okay I love this question I believe 
my legacy is one of modeling that I am love, that I am a conduit of wisdom, that often when I come alongside somebody, it's not necessarily me even, that's the focus. I'm able to create space for people so that they can get to know themselves better. And I believe the legacy that I'm leaving is one of a woman who loves her body, who is grateful that she is healthy and alive, that I am breaking some of the patterns from my grandmother and my mother and my aunties, the generations that came before me where women often didn't have a voice. And so the legacy I want to leave is that women have a voice. We are important to be heard. We are able to pay attention to what brings us pleasure and what we are longing to experience. And as we are specific in asking for that, abundance will show up and the people in our lives will provide that. I am not a victim. I am a creator. That's the legacy I want to leave. Audrey, that's beautiful. Thank you. It is, isn't it? It I kind of inspired myself. (laughs) I was just listening in awe. That's amazing. Mm, Thank you. You're welcome. I notice my heart is beating quite quickly and I'm smiling. My face is a bit flushed. And I'm thinking, (laughs) this is really important to me. You know, I've got three little granddaughters. I have grandsons too. Mm -hmm. So even in the area of how my body looks and how I take care of my health, I want them to learn healthy habits from me and not to hear, oh, grandma can't eat that because she's fat or grandma can't Mm -hmm. swim with you because she looks ugly in a bathing suit. I don't want them to hear that. I want to celebrate myself with them and just be at home in their body as they are at age seven. That's what I want. (laughs) I love that. And I'm really sensing a theme with you of really empowering others through your own actions. Mm. I just think that's amazing because you're right. Just thinking about the example you gave with children, people do, they learn by our actions. Mm-hmm. It's what we do rather than what we say. It's true. Mm-hmm. So true. It's true. And I guess that old phrase, I mean, it's old to me, actions speak louder than words. There's a reason that it's been around for a while. Mm. I think it really has a truth, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things we can almost hear it so often that we forget about. Exactly, we, we yeah. It. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, but when you actually stop to pay attention, so true. Mm-hmm. Tell me about how that shows up in your coaching. I think it shows up because that's who I am. Mm -hmm. And so with my coaching clients, I don't change who I am when I'm coaching with them. I'm pretty congruent with how I show up. Mm -hmm. I do set a container and we're a little bit more structured in terms of the time frame and perhaps some of the structure of questioning. However, my energy is the same with them as it is when I'm with my family or my friends. Mm -hmm. So I think it's authenticity is what shows up with my coaching clients. I will share where I'm at in a way that is appropriate. Mm -hmm. And I'm not afraid to be vulnerable with them in the service of their learning. And often I will share then that's just the way I did with you, the breakdown with my husband, that these are the ways that then I've worked through this breakdown or this shame place that I was at. And here are some steps that you can take. So my authenticity, my vulnerability, my courage in sharing my journey with them. I also hold my clients accountable. I've had several cases where I've challenge them when there's been something that has happened or they might show up in a certain way. Perhaps that even impacts me around scheduling Mm -hmm. or around 
where they're willing to go in the conversation. And it's not like I force them to go somewhere. However, I paint a picture or possibility and say, this is the experience I'm having. Here's what I want. Here's what I'm seeing you do. Would you be willing to talk about how we can decide where we want to go? And that has sometimes created some discomfort. Mm -hmm. And my experience is, is that discomfort that my willingness to point out what I see and say what I want and check out the story I'm making up about it. I may be wrong, but I'll say this is what I think is happening. Can you tell me has often deepened our relationship and actually created a sense of possibility for them and who they are becoming. That's one way that I show up. Yeah, definitely. I can see that and I can sense that because I can really see that also that quality of relatability coming through. Hmm. Well, they can really see you and understand you and see where you're coming from and that you have the courage to kind of stand up for what it is you're seeing and kind of seeing how things impact you mm-hmm. to kind of not just stay on the surface but go where serves them best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm quite willing to go deep with them. I'll sometimes ask them, I'm going to ask you a question that you may never have been asked before. Are you open to exploring that? And I've never had anyone say no. So, and then I also described, as you said, I described my impact. So if something is said or done, I'm pretty clear about my experience. What am I thinking, feeling, and wanting about that? And then get their impact as well. So we're very much in the moment. I'm a great believer that change only happens in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so right now, what's your experience? And then are you willing to tell me? I'll tell you mine. And then that's where we work from. Mm -hmm. I love that. It sounds like you have a real gift of being present Mm -hmm. and helping them to be really present as well. Yeah. Which yeah. can be hard in a, a busy, noisy world. Very. <laughs> There's so yeah, much going very. It's so true, Amy. And I think that's another reason I often start my coaching sessions with some quiet time. Mm. Even if it's just a couple of minutes to become present, that's really important to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And such a gift for them as well. Mm, I think so. Just to have that space to just arrive from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. It is. They've told me it is. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, I can completely imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you navigate, you know, being present in this kind of really busy world that we live in, particularly as coaches, when you're then thinking about kind of being on Facebook or doing your marketing activities? How do you bring that sense of presence and just how do you navigate that in general? When I retired from my full-time career in healthcare, I hired a coach Mm-hmm. And one of the things I had no idea that I would end up doing what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. The idea of a coaching business wasn't even in my awareness. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so then what I knew intuitively, though, is that I was in for a big adjustment moving from being professional, you know, working full time to now in this place of what people call retirement, which I don't really relate to that word. However, it's the next season after being an employee for 35 years. So I hired a coach. And one of the things that she really got me to experience and to see is the difference between being and doing. Because most of my life, I had in the energy of getting stuff done at all costs, ignoring my body, just pushing through, getting stuff done because it needed to be done. I was the major wage earner in the family. My husband and I chose for him to stay home with our children. So he was the house husband, Mr. Mom. And so I was very masculine, if you like, in my role and also in my energy. And so I didn't even know sometimes that I could have a choice about saying no. I just thought stuff had to get done. So my big learning about being present is recognizing 
recognizing the difference between being and doing. And so my coach worked with me on slowing down, on taking time for myself, on not really figuring out what is my identity apart from my career and that it wasn't tied to what I earned or what I accomplished or how many workshops I did or all those facts. It was more who is Marjorie inside. And so it's interesting because as I explored this being, I realized that with time, I healed, I rested, I became more energized. Then the doing followed. And that's when I went into a coaching program, got some support and education around coaching, started my business. However, the doing came from a very different place. It came from a deep knowing and real vision of who I was being. And then the actions came from that rather than from an external you must do this because you have to, you don't have a choice. People are counting on you. Push through even if you're exhausted, place. Yeah, I can hear the difference energy, just even as you say, those two different examples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that, that the being comes first. And then it feels like the being informs the doing. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, Amy, is from the outside, people who don't know me perhaps might be watching. They might not notice the difference. However, I notice the difference. And I believe my clients notice the difference because I'm coming to them from a place of health and effortlessness and harmony rather than pressure and got to get it done and competition. Mm. I'm just thinking, I can imagine it can be quite difficult to make that switch between doing, doing, doing to actually having the the being inform the doing. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. And I think that's what happened a couple of weeks ago when husband and I had this conversation. I think I was stepping back into the doing without even realizing it. Mm. Thinking if I don't check my messages, if I don't answer that Facebook post, if I don't write that email to that client, I'm not enough. I'm not going to get my stuff done. My business is going to suffer. Or I just get seductively, you know, into this kind of whirlpool of social media and it's not even serving my business. It's just that it's there and I'm unaware. I'm kind of asleep. And so, yeah, this is a lifelong journey, Amy. This is not something I have learned completely by any means. What do you think are some good kind of first steps for, I guess, getting more into beingness? So let's say if somebody is new to this and is wondering, what is this being business? Yes, indeed. I've had some people be very skeptical about this and saying, oh, that being, it's it's totally airy-fairy. It's really not useful at all. How can you even, like, what is that? And so I almost, for those people who are maybe not used to the language of being, I can sometimes approach it from the standpoint of, well, maybe you could see it as doing something for yourself if you want the word doing in there. And so the first steps would be honoring what is it that my self needs at this time or is longing for, which often people don't know. And so then the first step would be self-awareness. Okay. And so then getting in touch with what is it that my experience is? How do I usually feel during my day? What are my thoughts about? What do I find myself wanting? And then if there is a longing for a bit of a deeper connection to self, perhaps slowing down, then after the self-awareness would be taking some time to reflect on that and getting in touch with how can I be more in the present, whatever that means for people. So even meditation can really be a turnoff for people. And so then I might just suggest, well, go for a walk in nature and just notice one or two things that you're grateful for as you go for a walk outside. 
And perhaps it might be when you fall asleep, notice your breath. Think of one thing that you're grateful for from the day that has just passed. You don't have to meditate for half an hour and try and calm your thoughts. That's not where you start. Mm-hmm. So self-awareness around what it is I want, self-awareness around my body. Am I comfortable in my body? Am I happy? Naming an emotion that I want to have and then seeing if I can experience things throughout the day to experience, whether it's having more fun or laughing more or um, feeling no pain in my body, right? No aches Mm -hmm. and pains, no headache today. Those would be first steps to the being. So it's very much tied to the self-care piece we talked about. Yeah, it's funny. A lot comes back to self-care. It does, doesn't it? It really Mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because even as you were saying that, and it's I can absolutely relate and I agree wholeheartedly. And I know when I go through my day, at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm like, but I still need to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. And it becomes this almost tension sometimes between Mm -hmm. the being and yeah, it's done, get it done. Yeah. I think too, perhaps first steps might be, I'm a great believer in community support, finding maybe at least one person that I can relate to that gets me, that doesn't judge me, that will encourage me, that will tell me if they see something that, oh yeah, Marjorie, you you know, that wasn't great. Like not somebody who's just going to pat me on the back all the time, kind of a, you know, a bit of a relationship where we can help each other out. And so maybe another first step would be finding somebody, might even be a book or something online or a friend where there can be a conversation to kind of explore this because it is a new language for a lot of people absolutely yeah Yeah, so seeking support seeking support and then really want to emphasize that it's baby steps one step at a time i love that i love baby steps it's the only way isn't it it is and then so as the baby steps happen to not forget to celebrate as i've completed (laughs) right so i might take one day where i actually notice a few things on my walk and i'm aware of my breath as i'm falling asleep then to in my journal or with this friend that i found or with somebody say wow i want to celebrate that i did this i've started my journey I love you brought that in. Think of you as a celebrator. Mm-hmm. So I, love I, am. I am. I love celebrating. I'm curious as to what role you think celebrations play in our lives. Unless it's a big milestone or a big event, we don't always take time out to notice what's happening and celebrate our achievements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that you love celebrations. Mm-hmm. It's a great question. So as you were asking me that, I thought of a phrase that I quoted in a recent article on my website, Mm -hmm. and it's Janine Yoder from the coaching program that I'm in, Mentor Masterclass. I just graduated from that. And she said recently, and I just love this, celebration locks in behaviors that serve me well. Mm, That is powerful. Yeah. So celebration locks in behaviors that serve me well. And what I mean by that or what I make that mean for me is that as I celebrate a behavior, so let's take the example of going for a walk and noticing three things I'm grateful for and being aware of being present in that moment as I'm walking, that is as I celebrate that and acknowledge that. As I may tell somebody about it and brag about it, it will become part of my muscle memory, part of my soul's longing to experience that again, because it feels really good to celebrate. When I share with somebody, and it might even be that I go and buy myself a special coffee, or I do something for myself a little out of the ordinary to celebrate, to mark that occasion. Those things are really important because pleasure is my 
mantra. That's what keeps me going. If I'm not experiencing pleasure in my day, I am not living my legacy. I love that. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought about celebration in, in that way, mm-hmm. but it makes so much sense. And then the second piece of that, of course, it leads, it's a great motivator because then if I celebrate or as I celebrate, whatever it is, I realize how great that was and how the endorphins rise up. The cortisol goes down. My body feels healthier. I'm lighter. People are attracted to me because I'm in this beautiful, energetic place of joy. Then I'm going to be motivated to do it again. Absolutely. I love that. I can almost see kind of being in that space of celebration, almost see them acting as a magnet for more goodness and celebration. That is beautiful. A magnet for goodness. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, and you know, I think it is because people are curious if they see someone who is in a place of joy and celebration. I remember a few days ago, oh, it's a couple of weeks ago now, I was celebrating the launch of my website and I went to I booked a massage to celebrate and I went to a coffee shop and I had a chance to grab a coffee before my massage and I'm sitting there and I met a woman and we were chatting and I said to her oh I gotta run I'm off to get a massage I'm celebrating today of course, then she became curious. Well, what are you celebrating? And we had this moment together and ends up she's quite interested in my business. And I mean, this leads into marketing, too, because she's retiring this month. And she said, oh, I'm going to be in a huge transition. So I got her email and I'm planning to be in touch with her and support her. I imagine her being my client someday. Marjorie, that was perfect. (laughs) Isn't that fun? I mean, it wasn't like I went to the coffee shop. I got to find someone today to be my client. And this sleazy sort of salesy energy that Mm -hmm. repels people. I just showed up in my celebration and she wanted to hear more. I love that. Thank you. It was very fun, very effortless and easy and a gift exchange for the two of us, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just love that you were just there authentically being you and living your life. And, you know, this new connection was just magnetized to you just by you being you. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have happened if I wasn't celebrating. That's Absolutely. the piece. That's the piece that I want to celebrate is that because <laughs> I was celebrating and then I was open to bragging about it and sharing, she then was drawn in. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's such good energy, celebration. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone needs to celebrate more. This is I the, think so. Yeah. <laughs> this I think is so. the learning. I'll add that to my legacy. I don't think I mentioned that when I talked about legacy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's amazing. And, you know, this whole beautiful connection and relationship was given space to kind of unfold. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you could go back to when you were just kind of starting on your coaching journey as a business owner, if you could give yourself any advice, what would you say? I love this question. I would say relax. (laughs) Chill. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to happen in a moment. In fact, it won't. And the sooner you realize that, the more fun you're going to have. One step at a time. Trust the timing of things. Remember, Marjorie, that you don't know the end result. That's the thing about dreams. They wouldn't be dreams if we knew exactly. If I knew exactly what my dream was going to turn out like, it wouldn't be a dream. It would be a plan or a goal. And so to trust that the timing will work out. I don't know the end result yet. Ask for help. There's lots of resources available. I don't have to be a whiz in technology. That's why there's virtual assistants in the world and people (laughs) who help design websites. There's a reason they're out there. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) 
And here's the thing I think that really I would remind this Marjorie from when I started my business is to remember that self-care yields abundance. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's what I would say. I would also, in that self-care, I would include self-compassion. Sometimes the way I talk to myself, if I talk to my friends the way I talk to myself, I don't think I'd have any friends. (laughs) So that self-talk, that inner critic, Mm -hmm. to really notice it, Mm -hmm. to acknowledge it. It must have a message and that you actually want to focus on what's going well. I want to have compassion for myself and talk to myself the way I talk to my clients and to my grandchildren and just love myself up. Beautiful. Lots of wisdom to share. I love it. Do you have a particular phrase or quote or mantra that you live by? I know you mentioned pleasure already. I did, you know, and that just popped out of my mouth because in the moment, I think about two or three years ago, I joined a group of women. We were a circle of women that met every month. And we were really conscious of the importance of seeking pleasure in our lives personally Mm -hmm. and together as a group. And we started every monthly meeting by a brag fest. (laughs) <laughs> or a, ple- a pleasure share, right? Yeah. And I believe that has made a big difference in how I have experienced the ups and downs of starting my business and continuing on with it. And so I think for me, the, the pleasure would be a large part of it. And also the reminder of being present, the idea that as I'm in the moment, so it's not really a mantra, it's more of an awareness mm-hmm. that Life doesn't have to be so hard. Mm. Effortlessness was my word for the last two years. And effortlessness means that there's ease, that things can happen unexpectedly without me even fretting about them. And I can miss them because I think, oh, that was too easy. It's not really true. And I'm learning that sometimes the most important things can just come to me easily. And my job is to be on the lookout for that and to receive them and then celebrate when they show up. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't really have one mantra. It's a lot of ideas that just embody a certain energy, which really can be summed up in my word for this year, which is harmony. Mm. Yeah, I can almost kind of see those energies kind of swirling around you. You're guiding. Very beautiful. So you mentioned briefly there about kind of being in circle with a group of women. And I'm curious as to how you feel about kind of sisterhood and kind of the place sisterhood has in your life. Well, women friendships have always been a part of my life. Even when I was working full time, I joined a women's readers group where we read books together and then we became friends. We met for over 20 years. We traveled together. We became a book club slash support group. So sisterhood has always been part of my experience. I've always had a close girlfriend. What I haven't experienced until this past year in my journey with the coaching program, Mentor Masterclass, is the beautiful experience of having sisterhood where I meet regularly with other women where we are able to completely be there for each other. So I could show up even if I didn't feel like showing up, I could say that and I was accepted and loved. So sisterhood for me in the sense of total acceptance and love has been such a great journey for me this past year. In my future, as I think about sisterhood, this is also one of my dreams, Amy, is to work with women in circles. And so I have a couple of sisterhood circles that meet in different locations in my life already. And the joy of having women 
dig deep together, reflect together, be authentic together, celebrate, have pleasure stories together has been really filled with joy for me. So that's one of my future dreams is to do more of this. Mm -hmm. And so sisterhood is really big. I'm a big fan of it. (laughs) I can tell. And that is such a good. And I think being in a circle with other women is so powerful. So I'm, I'm excited that it's going to be a part of your journey. It is. Yeah, it definitely is. And that was a dream I had when I met with my coach. I knew intuitively that I had the gift of creating space and holding a container for people. And I said, I want to do this for women who are on the edge of knowing there's more to life and they don't even know what they don't know. And I want to be able to introduce them to that. And it's happening. My dream is coming true. And I'm sure you're celebrating that. I am. (laughs) I am. I know you are. (laughs) Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about kind of Circle and your coat. Are there any other kind of resources that you found to be really useful in supporting on you in your journey? Books or websites? Yes, or... yes. Oh, that's so great. Yes. So I have a couple of favorite authors. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Gilbert mm-hmm. is a woman who I've heard speaks. Her latest book, Big Magic, is really powerful for anyone who is any kind of creator don't even have to have a business. It's more the idea of allowing myself to trust that what I have to say is important because I'm saying it, that there is an abundance of ideas in the universe and I don't have to worry that my ideas have already been taken because they haven't, because they're my ideas. (laughs) You know, it's just, she's beautiful. So Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Another woman that has really been a help to me is Tara Moore, M-O-H-R. She has written a book, Playing Big, And she supports women in seeing their potential and rising above the stories that we may have about there being a glass ceiling or I I can't go further because I'm a woman. So she's been very influential to me in my journey. I must admit I haven't read the book, but I have heard good things about her. Right. Yes. And so she's also very authentic and vulnerable in her blog post. She just had a baby about a year ago. So she's very aware of this dance of mm-hmm. scheduling time and how does a woman business entrepreneur, writer manage to be a mother and be a creator and businesswoman. So she's got some great support for women who might be in those spaces. Beautiful. And then the resource, of course, of of my last year in Mentor Masterclass, the resources that have come to me through that. I met you, Amy, through this program. (laughs) And I love the idea that I can call on my sisters for support, for ideas. And they see me in a way that I don't see myself. So often I didn't say this when I talked about sisterhood, but for me, sisterhood is about witnessing each other. Mm -hmm. So you and I right now are witnessing each other. And we're also experiencing what I call a withness. So we are together. So as we witness, we develop a connection. So witness and withness is something that is very important to me. So what's going on right now that you're most excited about in your life? Wow. Well, today I'm starting the mastermind program with my follow up to my coaching program. So I'm investing in myself. So here's what I'm celebrating today is that I am walking the talk of taking a leap, spending huge amounts of money and investing in myself for the next nine months to really get support, to learn more about myself and to get, I believe that my business is going to just blossom because of the willingness 
I will have to receive from others and to learn together. So I'm really excited about that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm excited about is my new, as a result of me taking this leap, I have a new confidence then in inviting my clients to invest in themselves. Mm-hmm. And when I ask them to work with me and we talk about the financial end of it, I don't say this is what it will cost you. I invite them to look at it as an investment in themselves that will pay huge dividends. And so even that language, then I'm excited about changing the way I think about money and my business when I ask for clients to join me and to pay me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a powerful reframe. Yeah. Isn't it great? Mm, yeah. Really good. Yeah. I came from Lisa Fabrega. She has some great support. So she's another woman that has been a great resource for me around the business part. I do love Lisa. So Marjorie, now everyone's got to know you, how can they kind of keep in touch and see what you're up to and see what you're celebrating? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I have a website now. It's www.marjoriewarkington.com. Find me on the website, sign up for my newsletter. There's a free gift that is available for you. I have a really practical workbook on taming the terror of transition. So to guide people through change and transition and out the other end. And I also am committed to posting newsletters regularly. So there's always going to be ways that you can keep in touch. My contact information is on the website for setting up a complimentary coaching session with me, which I offer to people who are curious about coaching and whether I will be a fit for you in this world of coaching. I love it. Beautiful. Marjorie, thank you so much for all the beautiful insights and wisdoms that you shared with us today. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for listening, beautiful. Amy here. Just dropping in for a second to let you know that I've just opened up a limited number of coaching spots. Now, if you're an entrepreneur who's ready to stop spinning in circles and go pro in your business, but you're kind of suffering from information overload, then we should definitely talk. Pop on over to amybiondini.com forward slash connect and let's have a conversation about how I can help you get out of the overwhelm into action that makes sense for you and get you feeling like a legit boss in your business. I know that you can do this. Sometimes all that's needed is a little extra help. Thanks for listening, gorgeous. Love what you heard? Leave a review on iTunes because that helps people find the show. Then get your sweet self over to heartsoulandguts.com and join the convo. And by the way, thanks for being you because the world needs more dreamers who get stuff done.